podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Then, Now and the Next Game here on Club at 22, the Rangers podcast. This is the show we cover the results from then, round up all the things Rangers from now and looking ahead to our next game. And as an added extra, we will be kind of finishing up with the, the best reactions to the Sharkhead Circus as it continues on. So I am your host, Scott Carney, and joining me on this show in a very pleasant week to be a Rangers fan is first off, Ali Pearson. How are we doing, lads? It's been quite a quiet start to the week, hasn't it? <laughs> and Scott Gemmel. Afternoon, guys. Another yeah, another enjoyable uh, week this week. Yes, very much so. So just uh, as, a, as a disclaimer, lads, um, just to start this pod, I will warn folk we will be talking about them probably quite a lot on this show. Um, but I'm sure you all want to hear, um, as it's literally, you literally could not write the absolute shambles that they've managed to get themselves into. And it's truly the gift that keeps on giving just now. But that is for later on in the show. So we will start on the then, if you like. So Rangers beat Aberdeen by two goals to one at Petaudry on Sunday. Our 15th league win in a row. Moved us 22 points clear at the end of the game on Sunday at the top of the table. Um, Gerard on the game was very pleased, taking nine points from nine from Aberdeen this season, but was concerned that 2-0 it became a bit easy for some, and the team started a bit of walking football, as he put it. Uh, he said at 2-0 we need to turn the screw, make more sensible decisions, and play with more experience and control. However, he is happy with the win, and the run goes on. So, obviously, we've about to come to the kind of... The kind of big moments of the game, the, the red card and the red card that wasn't. Um, but just obviously a few days after it, um, what's your thoughts on the game, Ali? I was delighted. Like, I, mean, I just wanted a, a win. I don't care how it, how it came on Sunday. I just wanted a win. The way the game unfolded. I understand what Gerard said in terms of walk football, but you're 2-0 up. Aberdeen weren't even coming across their half. It, it literally looked like a training ground exercise for Rangers. They've kind of maybe switched off, and that's what happened with the to to lose the goal. But they were never really in danger that game. In in that game, Rangers. I mean, even when Aberdeen scored to make it two one, I mean, we were probably shaking ourselves more than the Rangers team because looking back at the highlights, they seen that game out fairly comfortable. Rangers, and like I said in the the previous one, two one flattered Aberdeen that scored. It it should have been more. Yeah, I would tend to agree, mate. I've, I've watched it back as well. I think I watched, actually watched it back on uh, Sunday night. I think it came back on. I sat and watched it before I went to my bed. And yeah, uh, in the heat of the moment, you were kind of beginning to panic when it went um, 2-1. But really after that, Aberdeen offered very, very little. And I don't think McGregor actually made a save. Um, apart from the Johnny Hayes one, and obviously conceding the goal, McGregor did nothing else really the rest of the game. Scotia, your thoughts on the game? Yeah, my thoughts haven't really changed um, since we spoke uh, immediately after the game. It's um, it's quite um, light and day how it changes between um, that game and the, the old firm game the previous week. You know, Aberdeen like to perpetuate this myth that they are uh, this is a big game and it's a big rivalry. I think um, the way I'm feeling now after it and immediately after it, Kenny puts it to bed, that it doesn't seem that way for me, to be honest. Um, yeah, I fairly felt very good during the game. You know, there was that wee period where we did maybe slacken off a wee bit, lose a bit of concentration, but 
no, nothing's really changed since what I thought at the end of the game on Sunday. Yeah, again, agreed to see. You can't really ask for much more from the team. Um, nine points out of nine against that sheet this season is is rather pleasing, and they're no longer a bogey team, and they are not our rivals, and they never will be. So they let they like to believe that we are their cup final every season. So yeah, let them carry on thinking that if they want. But as I say, Rangers get out with three points. Um, so we'll move on to. Now I don't really like giving people with airtime that don't really deserve airtime. But there's so many problems with Scottish football just now. Um, we're struggling to get um, any sort of decent sponsor. Um, the state, the, the kind of the way the transfers and that work with here, the value for our players and stuff. And it's kind of all down to how we're perceived by um, the rest of the world, really. So I'm, I'm going to just make a point um, to mention the absolute wet wipe of a man. That is the pundit Michael Stewart. So... Michael Stewart had these comments to make, as he always does, about Rangers. Now, I don't tend to believe anything he says. As I say, I think he's a, a sad act of a man. So, But I, I just have to make comment on the, what he's basically said about the, the red card and the red card that wasn't. So, Michael Stewart on the Hedges red card said, officials say Hedges didn't attempt to play the ball, so it's, it's a red card. But the whole reason the law change came in was for fairness. Nobody can say the spirit of the law should get Hedges sent off. Definitely a penalty, but never a red card. So I'll leave that there. I'll say about the cutlass hammer throw Main's attempt. He had to say that it was Main was stupid to go in high for the ball against Barisic, but the contact isn't there for that to be a red. The ref got the decision right to only give a yellow. Now the first thing to point out is I know he plays to his gallery. Um, I know. That's his game. That's what he what's what he tries to do, and he, he is a bit of a, a sad sack. So, but people do wonder why Scottish football is in the state that it's in, and it, it is people like this making these kind of problems, um, especially on the Curtis main challenge. There's, there's only he's only wanting to believe that something that goes against benefiting Rangers, anything that benefits Rangers, he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to have it. So, Curtis main getting sent off is obviously going to lead to Aberdeen playing with nine men. Am I, am I, my blue tinted glasses, are they too thick here, Ali, or is Michael Stewart and his tinfoil hat wearing followers at it here? I mean, even on sports scene, Thompson and fucking Ricky Foster agreed that it wasn't that Curtis Main wasn't a red card. They're at it, surely. You need it. Oh, sports scene, I mean, I, I don't watch sports scene anymore. I don't really listen to it. They've got, hey, even Stephen Thompson now makes himself out as an absolute clown in that show, but. But Michael Stewart is what he is. He's a, a kind of Chris Sutton wannabe. He's along there, along those lines. He's a Celtic Football Club. Obviously, employ him with our Celtic TV. He's part of them. Obviously, the BBC and Rangers have absolutely no relationship at the moment. If you do watch sports soon, they, they, can't, they can't come into Ibrox. They can't get an interview with us. So whether they're told to say things... I mean, I don't know what they're told in... I mean, he said something bad last year, Michael Stewart. I can't remember what it was. I'm sure. I'm not sure if he had to apologise. But in terms of these two ones, I mean, he's kind of contradicted himself with the first one, saying it. I mean, the laws of the game, it's a red card. You can say it's soft. The way the rules are, he, he, he maybe didn't need to do it. It's, it's a the kind of double jeopardy one. I, I can see how it should maybe be a yellow and a penalty. But the laws of the game is it's a red card. End of. That's it. The the Curtis main one, I, I can't believe 
how the three of them, I mean, Ricky fought, I mean, he's a, we don't need to talk about Ricky He's a clown, I've told you he's got a perfect club in the bloody Partick Thistle because he looks like a West End wanker, but, um, <laughs> aye, so, <laughs> but, I mean, for the three of them to say that's not a red, it's the most blatant bloody red card you'll see this year. And for three of them is actually say it's not a red card is ah uh, the mind boggles. Um, yeah, that's that's why I truly believe that they must be at it because three footballing brains, no matter what team you support, and yeah, that can't be allowed in this game. All right, he didn't make contact, but what if he had made contact? So it's then okay to send him off. The intent was there. The, if the intent is there. Yeah, sorry, and I would I would say they're the only three that I've actually heard since Sunday, say it was a yellow. I've not heard anyone else say it was yellow. Everyone else in your Clyde one, all your other areas, have all said red cards. Red cards, yeah. These, half these three clowns. Yeah. Scotia, what's your thoughts on this? Oh, dear. <laughs> it's, a, it's a complete inability by Michael Stewart to understand the laws of the game. And he <laughs> suffers from this kind of this idea that he's got that he thinks it should be a red card, therefore it is a red card. Well, actually reading the laws of the game, I mean, particularly for the the one with Hedges, the double jeopardy law is in place so that a player isn't punished twice with a sending off and a penalty if he makes an attempt to play the ball, which Hedges didn't make an attempt to play the ball, he just, he's clipped his heels. So yeah. it's a red card, it's just Michael Stewart's inability to kind of understand what the laws actually are and because he doesn't agree with them, it should be a red card. Now he's got the, he's got the right to disagree with the rule itself, but by the laws of the game, it's a penalty, so I don't know what he's moaning about. He is, he's playing, at the, I think he's playing at the gallery. It's um, it's a torture watching sports scenes some of the times these days. It's got a wee bit better since Neil McCann's popped up on it a few times. And it's quite good to sit and listen to him occasionally. But like Ali, I've, I, I barely watch sports scene any, anymore. If I do, it's mainly just to watch the highlights and then fast forward through all the, the post analysis that they do. Yeah, um I totally agree. So, but what, what what's your thoughts even on his on his, his comments on Curtis Main that it's uh, it's it, there was no contact, so it doesn't warrant the the red. Oh no! Again, there clearly was contact. I don't know what he's trying to. I honestly don't understand what they're trying to trying to get to. I mean, that situation we spoke about it after the game on Sunday. But had that been Morelos, then it's a completely different conversation they're having in sports scene. Yeah, Michael Stewart would be the same. Michael Stewart at this point would be, if that was Morelos, Michael Stewart would be screaming for the rooftops that he's this and he's that and he's, he's a disgrace to Scottish football and all that. So it's, it's, it's just this whole fucking tinfoil wearing hat nonsense, man. That's just, the BBC don't help themselves. Um, the, the BBC could have a relationship with Rangers, but they're the ones that are choosing not to have a relationship with, with Rangers. So, I mean, it really frustrated me. Um, it done my head, and I don't usually watch boxing, but obviously I'd seen the comments made on social media, so I did watch it, watch it back. And um, yeah, I just couldn't believe what he was saying. It was just, <laughs> just absolutely boggles the mind. But we'll leave that there and give stop giving that idiot of a man some more time, and we'll move on to the now. So just staying with um, half-wit pundits. Um, Shuggy Shuggy Keevans from Super Scoreboard was forced to publicly apologise on air on Super Scoreboard to Alfredo Morales for comments he made about him. He said he was a dirty kind of player. Um, Rangers complained to Radio Clyde and 
he was made to apologise. So fair play to the club for doing this. I fully back the club for doing this. Um, Scott, I'll come to you on this one. As you mentioned during the, the reaction pod we done on Sunday, Sky Sports putting up the red card um, stats for Alfie against Aberdeen during the match. And this is um, very much following the, the narrative as you were, you were um, talking about um, on Alfie and it's, it's wearing pretty thin now. Yeah, it is, and it, it, again, it doesn't surprise me if we Hugh Keevans, he can come out with some garbage sometimes. I, I, I don't dislike Keevans as much as some of our other Rangers fans will, but yeah, he can come out with some absolute garbage at times. I, um, I didn't actually listen to Super Scoreboard on Friday, um, so I didn't hear what he precisely said, but, but I listened to the one on Monday night where he said he'd... It, it sounded to me like he'd called um, Morales a nasty piece of work. Yeah. Might have been his words, which, yeah, it's... At times I look at this and it, it does come across slightly xenophobic or more than slightly xenophobic when they discuss Morelos. That it's this wee foreigner that the way he carries about himself on the pitch. Yeah, he does have that manner that the way he carries out himself about on the pitch. He never looks happy unless he's scoring, which to me is perfectly fine because mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not happy unless he's you know playing really yeah, well agreed. and scoring all agreed, the time. Mate, yeah. But yeah, um, no, I, I'm glad that they came out straight away and kind of got that res- rescinding from the comment because um, yeah, I think since David Graham come into that role at Rangers um, we've been very quick from anything that's come out in the papers anything that's come out you know on the radio uh, radio media to kind of nip it in the bud straight away and sort of get them to rescind it because it, stop, it stops it right there and then and it doesn't allow the kind of the narrative to continue for the rest of the week although thankfully this week we've had other they've had other things to, to concern <laughs> themselves with so they, they <laughs> won't have to deal with that as much but yeah I'm glad that um, Rangers as a club have come out and kind of got that apology straight away because it does does need to stop and as I say at times to me it can seem pretty xenophobic the way they discuss Morelos compared to to other players of similar ilk but they might be Scottish or British Yes, uh, you're you're spot on mate, 100% spot on and I think it's important for the club to call this out as as much as they can and without, as I say, without doing a shameless plug or without stealing somebody else's comments. But it was one I completely agree with, and it was um, David Edgar from Heart and Hand. He said, all we ask as Rangers fans is to be treated fairly. We don't want special treatment. We just want to be treated fairly. Um, and we don't get treated fairly. That's just the way that the, the narrative for the media is. Um, but as you say, this week has been particularly pleasing because it's the focus hasn't really been on us. It's been on other people. So you get any thoughts on, on this, Ali, with the Super Scoreboard and Hugh Keevans and comments? Scotia pretty much covered it to be honest. I mean, obviously David Graham's been a really good appointment for us, head of the media and communications. If this was a couple of years ago, people had free reign in Rangers. They could say what they want, and we'd say fuck all about it. Basically, I mean, you look at our side of the city. If something, well, nothing's ever said about them pretty much. But if there was, there's always something. Hollycom, they would change the story. But, but no. It's good. It's good to see actually Rangers actually going to Clyde and saying no, that's bang out of the order. And I mean, Kevin, he get I heard his apology. He gave his apology on Monday. It was half-hearted. I thought he Aye, said half-hearted at best. Yeah. He said he said a lot of things in his lifetime and everything that are worse, and it, it was half-hearted. But I mean, Scotia brought up a point during the Aberdeen game, which was even Sky brought up a start in the bottom corner of red cards to goals Morelos had, and said he he was just in kind of the the plus points in terms of his goals were overriding his head cards. So it's a witch hunt against Alfredo Morelos. And when he finally leaves Rangers, which we all expect to be the summer, I mean, I'd love to know wherever he goes, 
will he get this media attention? Absolutely no. not. <laughs> not a chance, no. There is literally no chance of that happening. It's because of who he is. It's because, as we've said, and as we've said before as well, Scott, he doesn't help himself sometimes, a la Fredo, but this is the player that he is. He's he's a player that plays on the, on the edge of his emotions, and I, I don't criticise him for it. I think if he loses that, then you lose probably half the player that he is. So... But it is. It's just xenophobic is probably the best way to come up, I think, Scott. Um, so, yeah, we'll leave that there. Um, we'll move on to transfer speculation. Um, obviously, it's January and the transfer window is open. So the most, the one that's kind of dominated most of the social media and the, the different Rangers outlets and media outlets is um, Scott Wright from Aberdeen. Now, he's out of contract in the summer. Um, he's made it clear to Aberdeen that he wishes to leave and Derek McInnes confirmed during his press conference yesterday that Gerrard had approached him after the match and made him aware that Rangers are interested and will be opening talks with him um, it looks like if the deal is going to go ahead it could happen this month um, and not waiting to the summer maybe a fee or a player swap um, I've seen as well like Sir Jones or Stuart might be going up there for the remainder of the season so my opinion on Scott Wright is he looks he looks like a promising player um, he is a wee bit injury prone from what I've seen I'm not going to say that I've seen every minute of football that he's played for Aberdeen because I would be lying but I have seen him in obviously wee glimpses against us and he looks like quite a decent player um, probably one for the future so Ali what's your, your thoughts on your feelings on Scott Wright? Yeah Seen him a couple of times this year. He's he's fast, direct, tricky. He's probably somebody you could bring in for Kent if ever Kent get injured. Uh, he's 23. Like you say, he's been injury prone. I think his whole career he's played something in the region about 60 games. For a 23-year-old, isn't a lot of games, to be honest. So he is injury prone. There's probably a deal to be done this 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 um, transfer one, to be honest, because McCrory, Aberdeen haven't given us any money for McCrory. Because remember, we, they were going to pay us, I think, next year or something. They've got the yeah. loan. so And we've played Aberdeen three times this season already. I know we've got them at Ibrooks and the split it'll be, but Rangers might look at it and go possibly, well, give us Scott Wright and the McCrory deal can happen. You can have him in a permanent, maybe. Or, yeah. or there's the Greg Stewart. So I'd actually expect it to happen. Scott, your thoughts? Yeah, we, I mean, we spoke um, once we'd finished recording um, on Sunday, and I'd kind of mentioned, you know, I've, I quite like the look of Scott, right? This was before anything had come out about the players. I think he's, him along with Ryan Hedges are probably been Aberdeen's two most impressive players for me. Obviously not counting McCrory. Um, but yeah, so I've, I've kind of liked him. Yeah, as you say, he is a wee bit, he can be a wee bit injury prone. I think he was out for almost, almost all the last season with a cruciate. Uh, ligament injury, um, which kept him out a lot, a lot after that. But he, he would on to Dundee and loan the season before, and by all accounts, he played pretty well when he was at Dundee th- as well. Um, and I, he's looked pretty decent when I've um, whenever I've seen him play against us or some of the highlights I've caught in other Aberdeen games. Um, it'd be an ideal move to go in for him. I think um, it's what Rangers. I think what Rangers really need to start doing. Celtic have done it um, to very good effect the last few seasons and buying up the, the best of the rest of the Scottish talent um, so it, it's something that we need to start doing um, better um, moving forward get these players in and you know it's a cheap punt to be honest he's out of contract so there won't be a transfer fee, fee involved if we get him this window there might be I don't think it will be for McCrory because I think McCrory's I've got about £325,000 it's his kind of fee so I wouldn't be unless it was to take a chunk of that off 
I, I would imagine it would be maybe more likely for a Greg Stewart type player if that were to happen. Yeah, I think in fairness to Scott Wright as well, I don't think the way Aberdeen kind of play football really shows him and he's, he's shining best. Obviously, they punt the ball up the park as much as they can and that tends to be the kind of feed-off second ball. So um, it might, be, might suit him more um, coming to a team like Rangers. Um, the kind of coaching style that we have and the way that we are trying to play football, it might really suit him. So as I say, it's hard to, hard to tell. I say, I, it's hard to make a pass judgment um, on it. I would agree with what you were saying, though, that this is the way Rangers need to do business now. We have to look within Scotland for these kind of cheap deals and relatively um, kind of low risk and hope that it pays off for us. As I say, not everyone that we get is going to be a Glenn Kamara. Um, he's kind of he's going to be kind of the one everyone's compared to now going forward using this kind of model of signing players. So, um, but we'll see. As I say, we'll see where it goes. But that look that one looks like it's um, kind of most. Most promising, um, I just say, because both managers are, are kind of speaking about it now. Well, well, Derek McInnes has made comment. Rangers obviously don't make many comments on transfers, but if Derek McInnes has come out and said it, then I'm pretty sure Gerard has approached them and made them aware of this. So we'll just do a quick roundup of kind of other news concerning Rangers. Um, the SFA made the decision to dispend leagues one to the Highland League, the Lower League, and Junior Football, along with the Scottish Cup ties that were due. To take place at the end of this month for three weeks. Um, this is meaning obviously the tie against Cove Rangers won't be played um, when it was due to take place and there is talks of the Cup being cancelled altogether. Um, it was a favourable draw for Rangers to be fair but if they're going to cancel anything this season I would I would rather it was the Scottish Cup. Um, Ali, would you agree with that? Well they play the Scottish Cup whenever they want to play the Scottish That's Cup. Because if they played last season's run this season, so <laughs> they could play it whenever. They could play it in 2041 or something. doesn't really matter. <laughs> so the Scottish Cup, I mean, if it's a good cup, I'd like to win it. I'm not overly bothered about the Cups. I know the League Cup was a sore one for us because we could have got a bit of silverware, but the League's the one for me this season. I'm not overly bothered about the Scottish Cup. In terms of League 1, League 2... It kind of makes sense. A lot of these players are part-time. I think the idea is if they're going out to their work, coming back, there's a possibility to travel. They, they could maybe pass COVID. The only thing the only thing they could possibly say is there's, I think there's two part-time teams in the championship and I think it's Arbroath and so I can tell you the other one. But they'd obviously get different um, protocols in the championship with the COVID testing. I, I mean, it's a slight worry when you see that happening for three weeks, which will it'll be probably longer than three weeks yeah. in terms of our league. The only thing I would say in terms of our league is it's different from last season when they didn't really know about the coronavirus at the time when they halted the leagues. This this time we know about it. They know how to test for it. You're supposed to play by the rules. So, <laughs> uh, so <laughs> it's um, to me... As long as everyone's playing by the rules, football in the top flight should continue um, fine as it is. Yeah, as I say, I think it's tough on the lower leagues. Um, I, c- I can get, I can understand it. As I say, it's this whole extended bubble thing. Again, mentioning fucking bubbles, but we'll get to that. It's as it one of them things. It's unfortunate for them. In my honest opinion, looking at it, I think the leagues will get cancelled. I don't think they'll return to play. It all really depends on how quickly they get the, the vaccine rolled out um, that we're all we're all kind of patiently waiting for to try and get life sort of back to normal. But no disrespect to the lower leagues or um, 
junior football or anything like that, but the money in that is nowhere near what it is, obviously, in the top. Um, I would I would say on that, and I do know in the lower leagues, as in League One, there's a few um, full-time teams in there, as right. in Partick Thistle, Falkirk, and I think Queen's Park are now full-time. So I know Partick Thistle released a statement basically saying they'll need to furlough basically their whole whole staff. Team, yeah. And the furlough yeah. scheme obviously ends the end of April, I think it is. So they could potentially have to offload staff at the end of that Whereas the part-time teams, their players have jobs and stuff, so it's not as big an issue. It's still an issue, but that's another thing that would annoy them. And obviously, because Partick Thistle get bumped down last season as well, it's um, not very yeah. good for them. No, it's not. It's not great for them. But it's a good point, mate. As you say, I didn't even think about the full-time teams as well. So, yeah, it's kind of unfortunate, but um, it's the way it is, it's the way it's going to be. So, Scott, your thoughts on the kind of cancelling the lower leagues and stuff? I know your your old man's a... Is that an Albion Rovers fan, your old man is? Great. I is, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's not had it great for a while. I remember them winning the... How come you're not an Albion it? Rovers fan? Oh, I've seen them winning the league back in 1989. I think it was League Two at the time. <laughs> or Division Three, it would have been, maybe, at the time. But I, it's a bit of a kick in the stones for the lower league teams, to be honest. Um, I, I've just seen some pop up here while we're recording. Obviously, they had the meeting. All the 42 lower league clubs have had the meeting with the SFA. Um, mm-hmm. I thought I had a chance to. I'm just kind of quickly scanning over what's come in, but they're not. They're not pleased. They feel that they're being thrown under the bus to um, accommodate teams higher up the pyramids. I think we can guess what team that is really at the moment in time. Um, but it's, so it's a bit of kicking the stones for them. I mean, they already what started their season. That we're only going to be playing three quarters of it anyway. Yeah. Um, obviously, it started in October time. Um, so, yeah, I can't. It's going to be very difficult for them to get back um, to, to full time playing in the league and completion of that, the leagues there, um, which isn't great for them, to be honest, because they're the ones that probably they need the sort of money the most, I think, overall in Scotland. So, you know, potentially see a few clubs folding further yeah. down the line. Yeah, it's very. Very much a kind of double-edged sword, I think, as well. It's, it's not that I, I tend to agree with much the SFA do or decide to do, but it's you can see why they're doing it, but I can also see why other teams would be upset about it. Um, and obviously what we're just about to come on to as well, with a certain team just kind of doing what they want. It's it's not it's not ideal for Scottish football. It doesn't really paint us in the best light either in Scottish football as a whole, but it is what it is, and we just need to... Take it as it comes, hopefully not cancel our league. I say no disrespect to them, but if our league gets cancelled, I can't even imagine the kind of decision the SFA will come up with. Um, I'm trying my hardest not to think about it, and I hope it doesn't happen. I'm pretty sure it won't, but I, I, um, <laughs> I hope it doesn't happen. So, yeah, we'll leave that there and we'll move on. So, two men have been charged for antisocial behaviour um, after the fireworks and flares display. Um, I think it was the Union Bears were part of it. Um, after the win for Rangers at Ibrooks in the Old Firm on the 2nd of January. Now, the only reason I'm bringing this up is there was a Freedom of Information um, request put in to Rangers, uh, to, to Rangers, to the police, about the carry-on that happened at Parkhead at the beginning of this tremendous meltdown that they're on, and no arrests were made for fence-throwing and shark-throwing at the beginning of the meltdown, um, or the beginning of their banter year, if you like, and... Surely 
these charges would have to be dropped because I can't understand how setting off a flare or setting off a firework is more dangerous than flinging a fence at a police officer. So, Ali, your thoughts on this? Doesn't surprise me. I mean, when I seen, I mean, I, I think it was the Union Bears, or they were probably organising the flares after after the old firm game. I mean, I probably don't. I mean, it looked really good, but I probably don't agree with what they did. I mean, they were socially distanced when you actually see them with the players. So yeah, they, they, were, did, they, they were. They did, they did do it socially distanced. I probably don't agree with it in terms of we're in a pandemic at the moment. Probably wasn't the right time to do it. Obviously, it was a massive game for us in terms of where we are in the league, what we can finally go on and do. So I can understand the guys doing it, but it's I don't think they should have done it. But in terms of across the other side of the city. I mean, they had hundreds... I mean, the Union Bears or whoever it was, there was maybe only about, I don't know, 30 of them or something. But in terms of the other side of the city, there was hundreds and hundreds of them attacking police officers, attacking the, their own team bus, throwing, throwing, as you say, sharks about. I don't know where you get a shark in the east end of Glasgow, but <laughs> flinging that about. Barriers. I mean, they had to erect barriers around Parkhead. And for, for them to get... Nothing. We've not heard anything. Nothing. And there's police officers up there as well. Yeah. Nothing. It's um, if it doesn't surprise me to be honest, it really doesn't. It'll, I reckon it'll be it'll probably be thrown out. Scott, you get any anything to add on this? Eh, not really. No, this is one of the ones I've not really had a great deal of time to actually look into in any further detail. The only, I mean, the only thing that I can, the con- conclusion I can make that it's easier for them to arrest people and charge people when there's fewer people there less chance for trouble to then further escalate. I don't know if that's got anything to do with our thinking, but, but surely I've put my words Is that not kind of conceding, or conceding yourself to defeat to the whole mob mentality, but do you know what I mean? It is. Yeah, it is. But as I say, I've not really had a great deal of time to actually look into it in further detail, but it doesn't seem look great that we're getting punished. for. As I agree with Ali, they probably, probably shouldn't be doing it, to be honest, you know, just... Don't give yourself that opportunity to be be charged in the first place. Um, but yeah, it's one of these ones. I think I'd need to look into in further detail to really come to a proper consensus on it at this point. Yeah, I say I get it. It's probably not the best idea to do it in the middle of a pandemic, but it it looked quality. <laughs> it looked absolutely <laughs> it looked quality. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, we'll leave that. Uh, we'll just keep uh, anything. Anytime we get any update on that, we'll we'll let you know. So. It's now time to move on to the, the the continuation of the Dubai debacle. So the the story that keeps on running and running. So we mentioned on Sunday um, during the um, the post match um, pod that we done the Aberdeen game, we were told at half time by Sky that shock, shock, horror, horror. Um, the most predictable news of the year that a Celtic player had tested positive for COVID. Now before I go on in this and we. We kind of get into the, the comedy of it all. Um, and before any moon howler accuses me of laughing at a player for having COVID, I wish no harm to come to anyone. I wish um, everyone who ever gets COVID, be a Celtic fan, Rangers fan, Partick Thistle, whoever, I, I want everybody to recover from it. It's a horrible thing. It's a horrible virus and it's halted our lives. So I'm just putting that out there just so nobody can come back to me um, for the laughing that I'm about to do. But I, I truly do hope that he makes a full recovery. But it was confirmed that Julian, uh, Christopher Julian was the player that tested positive for COVID. 
that led to 13 players being told to self-isolate, as well as three staff members, one of them being Lennon. Shane Duffy played a game on Monday night, although being told that he, we get told that he couldn't play. Celtic are uh, being the only team in probably the world that decided to take a drip a trip during a, a pandemic. I've still not came out and apologised, and if anything, they're doubling down on their decision to go to Dubai. Now, Ali, are, are we in a movie or a TV show? Is this is this Beatles about? Like, what's happening here? I don't know, but I'd like to thank them on the other side of the city because <laughs> during this lockdown, it has been fucking boring, and they've just made it beautiful. I mean, just, what an entertainment it's been. I mean, I just... I had a, a meeting with my work down in England today and I was going to try to actually explain to them what's happening up here, but I thought there's not enough time to actually explain it to them. Just briefly told them about it, but uh, where do you start with it, to be honest? I mean, one, going, I mean, going to Dubai in a pandemic, there's no other, no other football team I know of in the UK or even in Europe that has gone somewhere. They've got a multi multi-pound training ground they can they can go there why have they brought julian who's out for four months apparently they were going to treat him out there treat him with what a beer or something i mean what, so i mean it's i mean the pictures didn't look great over there i mean we covered it in another show the pictures didn't look great the whole thing is a i mean it is like a soap opera and even the way that hibs game went just the way it went as well i mean you couldn't have scripted it better at all i mean it's and with Duffy as well, I mean, we were, well, John Kennedy came out and said because he left the bubble, he was unavailable for the Hibs game. And then you've got Gavin Stratton with his laptop getting interviewed saying the reason he came back in is because they tested him again. But again, they've not really come out in about the Duffy one because quite a few people are asking about this Duffy one and they've still not really come out and sort of clarified it. And a lot of clubs will be looking at that, which is, I'm surprised. And and in terms of Celtic, they haven't even apologised. I, I mean, know. they've come out they come out and said, Oh, he could have caught COVID over here. I mean, That's come nice. on. Do you know what? It's, it's, it's it, it, it stinks of fucking arrogance, man. And I'll tell you what, there's one guy that I hate in Sky Sports and he talks pish all the time and it's Andy Walker. But the first time I agreed with Andy Walker was before the Hibs game. And if you've not heard it, go and Google it or YouTube it. He went absolutely through Celtic Football Club, through them. And the word arrogance probably sums them up. They're arrogant. They think they can do what they want. No, I'm sorry. It's an absolute shambles. It's a joke, mate. And the, the, the bit that annoys me the most is, OK, Duffy took another negative test. That kind of doesn't matter if he's still in this isolation. That's not the rules. That's not the rules. Yeah, that's, that's not the rules. So, yeah. like, well, OK, you said that, he got a negative test. It doesn't mean that he doesn't have COVID. And it also doesn't mean that he's allowed to play then. Like, that's the bit that's really frustrating. And then Celtic even came out, we heard Hibs ask them to do further testing, right? Which I can fully understand, especially if some Hibs players are going... Look, we are a wee bit concerned about this. That's fair enough. The welfare of everybody right now, and especially this new strain that's about and it's 70% more potent or whatever for catching. But if they wanted that testing, then they should have got that testing. I don't understand why tests Celtic then go, oh, no, we're not doing it. That makes it look even worse. Like, it's as if it's as if things have got so bad and they've got to, like such a bad place that they've thought, well, we might as well just continue to let this get worse. Because there's, there's there's no there's no positive way for them to come out from this. Scott, <laughs> you get anything to add to this absolute circus show, man? 
Oh, you've covered it all, really. It's, um, it's ridiculous, man. It's been the most calamitous season from a team I can recall, even including us in that. They've just stumbled from one catastrophe to another one, to be honest. Um, I mean, it, was what, it wasn't even a week ago that they released a statement because their fans had been um, racially abusing Near Beaton. We had a statement that has a paragraph, one line, about Near Beaton and his family and the rest about how great Celtic are. And then a statement gets released after the Dubai debacle. It's exactly the same. It's one wee thing for Julian and his COVID stuff and then all about how Celtic have been apl- complying with the rules, etc., etc. It's the and it's been a joy to watch at times, but you're like... How can a club that's meant to be one of the, the biggest clubs in Scotland be doing stuff like this? It's it's a farce. And yeah, another thing, sorry, another thing I would yeah. add is it was at the SPFL that said to Hibs, if you don't play this game, we'll deduct you points. Basically, they'll give yeah. Celtic the win. So they're putting a gun at Hibs's head, basically saying, and they all and and to kind of. To make it a wee bit better for Hibs in terms of playing the game, they said to them, because Hibs have their semi-final coming up in a couple of weeks, they went, well, if if you're, if you're any of your players do get COVID, we won't handicap you for that game. We'll make sure that's postponed. It's like, what the fuck, man? I mean, come on. You're talking about people's lives here. And, I mean, fair play to Hibs for coming out and saying, no, we want you to get retested. And, and for them to turn around and go, no, that's not the rules. And if you don't play this game, we're going to punish you. Yeah. Hibs, and Hibs have been punished through the whole thing. I mean, this game should have been played at the weekend. Yeah. Celtic shouldn't have been in Dubai. Yeah. They could have played their, their game in hand um, on a Wednesday. If I mean, if that Celtic coming into Ibrox thinking they would beat us, thinking they would pull it, the, the points difference down, then they could have went on to a midweek game put the pressure on us and then played Hibs on the Saturday and put further pressure on us and they didn't. They've made a complete arse of it and a fuck. I hope it continues. <laughs> they have made a complete arse of it and I'll, I'll join the bandwagon in thanking the Celtic board for um, one of the most entertainment, entertaining winter periods um, we've probably ever had. It's a it's a calamity. It's an absolute joke. And as I say, there's rules bending left, right and centre. And as you said, Celtic, of course, go on. They drop points against a rearranged match against Hibs that they asked to get rearranged so they could go to Dubai and then get 13 players out, three staff members, and then the superstar that is Duffy sets <laughs> up a super assist for Nisbet for Hibs to burst the net open and to secure a 1-1 draw and a last-minute equaliser and to keep Rangers 21 points clear. Ha, ha, Scotia. <laughs> yeah, no, it's brilliant. And and all these players that were out last night will be out for the game against Livingston, who are one of the informed teams in the league at the moment. They're Saturday. flying now, yeah, they're flying. So, you know, it's not looking great for them. And as Ali says, there's two games that they could get out of the way had they not gone to Dubai and if not and yeah it's just looking worse and worse for them and yeah it wouldn't surprise me if by the end of this weekend you know that points gaps up to 24 23 points yeah fingers crossed mate I think 
the best thing about this all though is that we've been so good and we've been so professional and Rangers are playing great off the park and we're handling ourselves brilliantly off the park and it hurts them even more because they can try and blame as much as they want as well on the Dubai debacle and everything else but fundamentally their club have let them down this season and it's tremendous to watch and I'm enjoying every minute of it and long may it continue and long may it continue right up to two years, three years down the line, because it's, it's brilliant to watch. But we'll leave them there, and we'll then move on to our next game. So the pressure show that we tr- the presser show, sorry, that we trialled kind of last Friday seemed to go down quite well. Um, so that'll be back with you this Friday after the press conference ahead of the next game, which is on Sunday, the 17th of January, and it's away to Motherwell kick-off is at 12 noon. So Motherwell, we've got a new manager in, um, Graham Alexander, and they managed a draw and their last match away to St Mirren, uh, but they are sitting 10th in the league. They've not been on a particularly good run of form um, of late. So, Ali, what are, you, what are you expecting from the match on Sunday against Motherwell? It could be a tough match. I think Graham Alexander, he was the manager of Salford City. So, obviously, Salford City, that's the that's team that Gary Neville and all them from Man United own. So, that, that's a documentary and... Uh, Sky Sports at the moment on that and he's on it Graham Alexander's quite good to watch but he was bagged for them <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but I, he seemed alright Graham Alexander but he'll probably look at Motherwell's game against Rangers at Ibrox and I'd imagine that he'll probably set up the exact same way yeah, I think if I, I think Motherwell have lost a guy that scored the goal at Ibrox is at Lang, I think he's away back to his parent company, I think um, he's away back there to that club but no, I mean, we went there early in the season and pumped Motherwell 5-1. Jordan, bloody Jordan Jones scored as well, Christ. Mm-hmm. But it was, uh, right, it, it was quite a comfortable game. It's Fur Park's actually quite a good park these days to play on. It used to be a bit of a midden, but now it's quite a good park. But, I mean, I would expect Rangers to win, but it just depends how Motherwell set up. If they set up the same way they did against us at Ibrooks, we might have to be patient. No, um, yeah, no, I think it's difficult to actually kind of predict what's going to happen with Alexander coming in because obviously he's, he's one of these managers. He's never um, managed up in Scotland, never played up in Scotland. Although I think he, he will have a fairly decent grasp of the Scottish game, you know, having been uh, an international player for us, and I, I always quite quite liked him when he was playing for the national team. Um, so it's difficult to see exactly how he will set up. But given that he's only been in the door. You know, less than a week, less than a fortnight by the time yeah, our game comes around. I imagine he will probably just go with this kind of same blueprint that's been um, set there by Robinson and Lasley previously. So expect kindly similar from what we've seen previously from Motherwell. But yeah, it's it's difficult to judge because he's just so new in the door at the moment. To be fair in that respect. Yeah, I fully expect the back six or the back seven, mm-hmm. to be honest. I, I think I don't think he'll do anything that he can not. The last thing he needs is for us to show up there and put five or six past them. He, he'll not be wanting that to happen. So I think he'll try his hardest to, to straight Rangers for as long as he possibly can. Um, so, yeah, I don't expect it to be a, a kind of open match or a kind of five or six now, to be honest. Um, there's rumours that Ryan Jack could be fit for it I do very much doubt that he'll be coming straight into the team but he could possibly make the bench um, in that regards I think the only other obviously we'll know more on Friday after the presser um, so tune in on Friday for that folks um, but the rumours I've said maybe Jack but the only really question we have is Holander or Balligan I think right now I don't think the team's really going to change very much you agreed with that? Yeah I think it's 
Yeah, I, I think if Hollander played against Motherwell, I think they win at Ibrook. So, I, I mean, Balogun's been playing well, but I think he might probably, he'll probably bring Hollander back in for this one, possibly. So, I'd expect to see Hollander there, and it'll be the same team pretty much. Hadji will be there as well. So, and I like to say Ryan Jack might make the bench, but that's the only one they'll probably make as a, as a change. Yeah, Scott. Yeah, I, th- I think Hellander will start. I think there might be a couple of more changes. I could potentially see Zunga coming in to start the game. I think, you know, he's not really started many games and it's pushing on and on in the length of time he's been here. I think we need to start maybe getting him integrated into the team a wee bit more if we're going to, you know, see more of him to make a sort of definite decision on whether to keep him on after the end of this year. And then up front, I, have a, I was thinking about it yesterday. I've got a sneaky suspicion that you might see Itton or potentially Defoe playing up front alongside Ellis and Ken. Don't know, I've just got that wee sneaky feeling that one of them might pop in. Yeah, I can see your reasoning behind it, to be fair. I, I think Zungu especially, I think there's a, there's a, there is a bit of a shout for him possibly starting. Um, but uh, it's a tough one for me. You see, the team's playing so well. And we did for long periods in the Aberdeen, the Aberdeen game. Rangers were really good um, with the team that we had. So... But interesting one to see. So, score predictions now. After everything that I've just said, I do think Rangers are obviously going to kind of going to win the game. Um, I think if we get one, we'll get a couple more. So, my score predictions three now. Um, Ali. Yeah, I think an early goal will dictate how this game will go. Um, an early goal in the second half. No, first half will dictate how it will go. <laughs> It's um oh it's a tough one. I'm gonna go three one at Angels. Scott, um I'm similar. I'm with you, Carney. I think it'll be three 0 I don't think it'll be as tough a game as we maybe expect. But yeah, I think you're probably right in terms of when that first goal does come. But I think I think it'll be three 0 I feel fairly confident for this weekend. So yeah, games at. On Sunday, 12 noon, Sky Sports. Uh, so we'll move on now to just finish up with just a few bits of the meltdown um, so far now. There is so many to go on. I mean, it's uh, Twitter, especially on Monday, was absolutely priceless. I say I don't think I've ever really seen a day like that on Twitter. Um, it was it was absolutely amazing. Um, but I'm going to go for... Um, I'm going to go for Declan from, from Port Glasgow on Super Scoreboard, who made the reference that, um, OK, Celtic were allowed to go, um, but I don't fart in the lift, or <laughs> I could fart in the lift, but you just know you're not meant to do it. And now we're 22 points behind, and we've got 13 players out and our manager sitting at home with sunburn. <laughs> 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 so, I mean, the, the hut in them was unbelievable, but the, the fart in a lift reference, I thought, you're on national radio and you've just said fart in a lift. Um, so, Ali, you get any particular highlights that you want to say? Yeah, I mean, that Declan guy, I mean, I think he's real, I think he's just a wind-up no, guy. Know. Because, I, I mean, I mean, if you had to pick a wind-up guy, you would probably pick the name Declan, to be fair. <laughs> so, aye, 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 he's, he's good, that guy, when he comes on. But mine's Stain McLeod one, and it was actually last night, it was a guy, Kevin, that came on, and I mean, <laughs> the, the heart in this guy's voice was tremendous. I mean, it's doing Twitter today, you can actually listen to it, it's about a minute and a half long. But the heart in this guy's... And, and it probably sums up a lot of the bastards because they never seen this coming. They 
10 in a row was happening. It was always happening for him. But he was going on about how he's been going on social media the last God knows how many years, singing about 10 in a row and that. And he said he was absolutely heartbroken. That's what, that's what his words are when he said he had T-shirts and hats made up for 10 in a row. <laughs> Which is beautiful. I just can't wait. Um, but, oh, no, if you, if you didn't hear him last night, go on. It's on Twitter. Just search Kevin Super Scoreboard. Absolutely delightful. I think I generally think he's borderline tears. Because oh, he's he he was the heartbroken one as well. I'm heartbroken. So it's uh, spectacular. Scotia, are you getting any particular highlights, mate? I think really just the whole of Celtic Football Club is the highlight at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> just, true, uh, mate. Day to day hour to hour was ridiculousness. Um, what are we one in the Super scoreboard I had Monday. I don't know if it was Declan again, but he'd made the, someone had made the comment about that they've stuck the banter years in the microwave and <laughs> sped it up. <laughs> that um, was good as well. I seen them. Um, there was some film at Gillivan's come out with his usual Kenny Sevco Ashley Kenny comment on his wee blog. Yeah. Uh, oh, can't get away from that from him. But yeah, I think just Celtic football club as a whole at the moment, just yeah, the, the gift they keep on giving, as you'd said. Yes, as I say, I and I'll do the shameless plug for for um the, the Kerrydale meltdown. Go out and check out this page on on Twitter. If you don't know what it's about, it's a, an unknown man that um oh did you see the one actually before I go into that somebody said I've just heard that it's Chris Boyd that runs the Kerrydale yeah. meltdown. Yeah, I thought he. I thought um, he was but, brilliant in Sky Sports. Chris Boyd, see when he, he went to phone out and read that. Um, oh, Aye, he was good. Oh, he, he's just getting torn into him. And you seen he started putting up pictures as well. Chris Boyd from every Rangers end when he goes Aye, to stadiums. Away, yeah, Aye, it's absolutely when he goes to away grounds. It's absolutely brilliant. But yeah, so Kerry Dale Meltdown's a, a guy that collates all the, the kind of tweets from different Celtic supporters and stuff like that and gathers them all together and some of the stuff they come out with is it's absolute comedy gold and it's truly right now just the gift that keeps on giving it's absolutely brilliant so definitely go and check that out but we will leave that there for uh, today gentlemen so please like and share and subscribe to us um, anywhere you can and also reviews um, where you can it would really mean the world to us and kind of help us grow um, follow us on Facebook Twitter and Instagram just search Club at 22 the Rangers podcast and we will pop up so thank my guest tonight so Ali thank you very much mate no problem pleasure as always looking forward to Sunday Scotia thank you very much mate yeah thank you guys A pleasure as always so, and most of all, thank you to all for listening and supporting us. Um, we are Club at 22 The Rangers Podcast. We will be back on Friday um, for the presser. And, of course, we'll be back on Sunday with an immediate match reaction pod um, after the match. So enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you for listening. Cheers.